You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you the show as always. Hope things are going well. Since we last had a, had a show, we were uh, around a week ago, last show, uh, I was over in London over the last few days. Uh, my voice might be a little bit uh, crackly throughout the show, but uh, hopefully all things going good. was over at the Arsenal soccer game over in London, a nil-nil draw with Liverpool, but a, a fun, fun time and uh, feeling uh, feeling a little bit tired now after flight delayed on the way back to Dublin. And uh, let's just say it was uh, very late before we got home last night and looking forward to getting a good night's sleep tonight but uh, looking forward to today's show as well there's been a lot of interesting pre-season action going down around the National Football League over the last couple of days and uh, unfortunately some injury news to go with it and you know a lot of people here know that I am a, a diehard Green Bay Packers fan and unfortunately the news of the injury to Jordy Nelson which at the time looked like maybe an ankle sprain and then shortly uh, developed uh, the news broke that it was a torn ACL and a tough blow for the Packers but again next man up this time of year and unfortunately you lose one of your star players like that but it's also an opportunity for the guys behind and I'm not going to be one of those fans that say um, everything's going to be okay the, the next man up's going to be as good as Jordy Nelson but if you can get the two or three guys below that maybe get the tight end I'm I'm looking at a good year this year for Richard Rogers, and hopefully he can get a little bit more involved in the passing game and then put a little bit more responsibility on you know Eddie Lacy and James Starks in the backfield so hopefully that can can uh, help the team get over the, the loss of Jordy Nelson, but a tough, tough loss to the Green Bay Packers, and we'll be talking to our guest about it as well. And today's guest is one I'm very excited about. It. It's Sigmund Bloom from footballguys.com, and they have a great show weekly, uh, The Audible. They have a, a couple other shows that are available as well on Podcast Farm and through their website. Uh, they have The Couch as well, and they're a great, great website, great, great uh, content, and uh, one that I'm, I'm a big, big fan of theirs, and delighted to have him on the show coming up in just a little moment. As always, when uh, you come along to listen to the Overtime Ireland Football Podcast, I do like to uh, thank you for your time coming along and listening to the show. Hopefully, you've been spreading the word since uh, the last episode as well, getting more and more listeners every week. So it's always good to, to continue to spread the word of Overtime Ireland. We are doing this off our own backs, uh, a hobby of my own. and Of course, my brother DJ, who hasn't been on the show in, in the last few weeks, but he'll be coming back on now uh, very shortly when the season kicks off again. And uh, I've mentioned too, I'm heading down to Australia, so it's going to be a fun few weeks, a lot coming up here, um, it's only been one show a week at the moment, but we are going to try and go for the two shows a week as well, and really looking forward to kind of the adventure that's all about to begin here with Overtime Ireland, and uh, with myself going to do a little bit of travelling, so it should be fun times in the coming weeks, and of course football season's back, so that's going to make it even more fun. Um, if it is your first time listening to the show, please uh, do hit that subscribe button. Hopefully you'll enjoy what you're hearing. Give us a written or a comment on iTunes, Stitcher. We're available really everywhere that you can get podcasts. You can stream us as well through the OvertimeIreland.com website. And of course, our Twitter handle is at OvertimeIreland. Do feel free to get in touch. Any suggestions, any comments, we're always like to interact with everyone who uh, gets in touch via Twitter. And uh, if it's longer than those 140 characters that you're allowed on Twitter, uh, hit us up at OvertimeIreland at gmail.com. That is our email address and we will reply to all the emails sent our way. Uh, as I mentioned, exciting times. Some some great guests been lined up uh, over the course of the season. Really looking forward to uh, getting them on and talking all things American football. But uh, I've rambled on, as I always say at the start of the show. <laughs> I usually ramble on longer than I have scheduled to, to ramble on for. But let's uh, get Sigmund on the show now. And uh, after that, I'll be back to talk through uh, some, some of the other little bits of news that uh, have gone down in the last week. So 
Let's get uh, into the OTI Red Zone and let's get Sigmund Bloom on the show. The OTI Red Zone, presented by OvertimeIreland.com. Delighted to be joined now on the podcast by Sigmund Bloom of FootballGuys.com. I'm a big fan of all the work the guys do over there, including the Audible each and every week. So uh, it's a great pleasure. It's, uh, I've been a long time listener to your show, so it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on mine now. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. And, you know, we have two uh, staffers from Ireland, Kean Fahey yeah. and uh, Dave Larkin. So, uh, you know, football's international now, and so are we. Well, I don't know Dave, but uh, I must I must lock him up a little bit more. But uh, no, yeah. I've had Kane on the show a few times, and he's really gone from strength to strength over the last couple of years. So he's he's doing fantastic work both with you and on a number of other projects. I've seen him involved in. But you know, I started the show here. I'd done the intro already, and I was talking about uh, Jordy Nelson and the unfortunate injury mm. that he suffered uh, in preseason. I'm I'm a Green Bay Packers fan myself, so even more tough to talk about it but uh you know a, an injury of such an acl injury out for the season how do you think uh, overall in your opinion is going to, to affect the packers season sure the last time the packers won the super bowl they had about one third of their team on ir mm-hmm. uh and, and a lot of uh members of that team are on this team and most importantly aaron Rodgers. so they have the rallying cry uh, you know, that we can get over this, and they're a strong enough team. Every team is going to suffer misfortune between now and the end of the season, so they just got some of theirs up front. So I don't think it necessarily changes their Super Bowl prospects uh, unless you had them as some sort of overwhelming favorite. Uh, the NFC is going to be a dogfight, like it was right down to the end of the NFC Championship. Uh, I would say, you know, from the offensive standpoint, Devontae Adams is in the spotlight now. They've been raving about him for months. Uh, we'll see whether he's ready to take that role uh, and run with it. And then they have some younger players after that, like Ty Montgomery and Jeff Janis, who are gonna, going to be put in the spotlight. Richard Rogers, the tight end. I think it makes sense to me to go back to Eddie Lacy and James Starks yeah. uh, and maybe more of a balanced offense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is highly efficient anyway, uh, but maybe they don't run away from teams like they did in Lambeau Field. Uh, but this is a mentally tough-tested team, and obviously Nelson's one of the best receivers in the league, uh, but they can overcome it. We've uh, we've seen obviously last week as well the loss of Kelvin Benjamin to the to the Carolina Panthers. But when you look at the Panthers, you know a lot of people talking about how depleted now with just one player going down, how depleted their receiving core is and uh, all the receiving options there. So the Packers, fortunately for them, have drafted well, have a lot of wide receivers involved, and uh, you mentioned there Jeff Janis, uh, Devontae Adams, also Ty Montgomery coming out in his rookie season. I'm sure he was expecting to be a little bit more involved with uh, special team returning and so on a bit at this early stage, but looks like he could get a, an increased workload off, off the bat. But you mentioned the running game. I think maybe they'll lean a little bit more on that. And uh, it's going to be interesting. There's never a good time to get an injury, but when you get it in preseason, it gives you a little bit of time to try and get your, your ducks in a row and get everything ready for the season. But, you know, uh, I wish it didn't happen, but uh, unfortunately what the the NFL injuries are just... Uh, part of the of the whole situation that the, the well, listen i'm a steelers fan i'm a western pennsylvania born and bred steelers <laughs> fan and i think marquise pouncey who was lost yeah, for yeah. a good part of the year was honestly a more crucial injury when you talk about importance than nelson so it, it just shows even on the same field uh, the green bay might not have been the worst off of the two teams yeah that's actually true and it wasn't a point i had written down here to take up but when you look at pouncey uh, I, I thought they'd done a great job in the nfl top 100 list i think sometimes they don't you know uh, I've, I've problems with the way the list is voted upon, but his segment in it, they uh, done a great job in just showing how how efficient, how effective he is for the team, and you know what, what they do with uh, Bell and the run game, and that you do need a player. The, the offensive line comes into it so much, and with what he does, pulling, uh, you know, as a guard and as a center, mm-hmm. 
down the field, sometimes even into the second level. As you mentioned, that is a, a, a very devastating blow for, for the offensive line of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And we saw it last year with Cleveland, who ran all over Pittsburgh yeah. uh, with Eric Mack, who's probably the best center in the game. When he went down, uh, what, and, and they, weren't even, they didn't have much of a passing game to speak of, and they could still, some of it's Kyle Shanahan, uh, but they were running all over teams. And then Matt goes down. So it's, the center probably is more important than the left tackle, even though the left tackle gets paid more. Uh, and the Steelers had been succeeding in spite of their offensive line and, until really last year or the year before that. And this year was the first year they had some continuity. They had good health because for a few years, it just seemed like every Steelers offensive line was cursed. And Pouncey, this is the third time he's had a serious injury when someone uh, rolled up on him. Just bad luck, really. One of them was in the AFC title game, so he missed a Super Bowl. One of them was in the first game of the season. Uh, so, you know, just it, it's fickle. Uh, but I think that's part of the reason titles mean so much to these teams because they have to overcome so much to get them. Yeah, exactly. And talking just uh, it's good. it's a good segue from offensive linemen to the next one. I was going to go to the Denver Broncos before you said that, but they've signed Evan Mathis, uh, who was cut by the Eagles uh, a couple of weeks back. I'm sure he was expecting there to be a, a bigger market for his services, but he signed with the, uh, the Denver Broncos and it's going to give them great help at the, the offensive line positions. Um, you know, that, that's a, an area of the team that has been uh, a bit of a weakness for them in, in recent seasons. And there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about the run game being uh, very effective this year and, you know, helping Peyton Manning. But having the having the offensive line again key there, and uh, how, how would you rate that signing overall for them? It's great. Uh, and as you said, they had some instability mm. on the offensive line. You know, they lost Ryan Clady, the, their star left yeah. tackle, early <laughs> yeah, again. Uh, and they really only had one solid piece of that line in Luis Vasquez. Now you add Evan Mathis, and they have one of the top two or three guard combos in the league. And it's not so much for Peyton Manning, because Peyton Manning has taken very few sacks over the course of his career because of how quick his mind uh, and his release are. And that's not going to change, even though he's kind of old. But for the running game and this Kerry Kubiak zone-blocking scheme, Evan Mathis is perfect. Evan Mathis flourishes in a zone-blocking running game. And we saw last year, remember, going into last year, in 2013, we remember Ray Rice and the non-contact tip injury and, and how the running game was a disaster. But the whole offensive line was a disaster. Joe Flacco was a disaster. Gary Kubiak <laughs> comes in with the help of some moves and some others. Yeah. And Baltimore also, and Justin Forsett, you know, they have a great running game. So I think that Kubiak, being able to bring in someone like that, it will help uh, and do a turnaround. And they're going to be a more balanced offense this year with C.J. Anderson, Ronnie Hillman's coming on a little bit. So it's a masterstroke signing. And I think that you have to read into it a little bit that Mathis wants a shot at a ring. He wants a shot to win a championship. And Peyton Manning usually gives you some sort of shot at that. And I know there's been some talk. I'm guessing it's the Titans. that A team is, seems pretty upset that they offered Evan Mathis more money than Denver. And he said, no, I'd rather play with Denver for less money. And who knows if it's even true, but the he said, she said stuff's kind of funny. Yeah, and it's similar. We, we've seen in preseason, we talked about Randall Cobb earlier in the show. And, uh, you know, when he, he took a smaller deal, apparently, to stay with the Packers. And uh, Oakland, apparently, had offered him a much larger contract. So, you know, there is you have to, at some stage, want to, want to win games and want to develop your career that way. But uh, the O-line is going to be an important part. But you mentioned Peyton Manning there. Last season, the end of the season with the quad injury, uh, people's expectations might be have dipped a little bit off him. But are you expecting him to have a, a big season? You know, with the, at the for the kind of yeah. for sixty percent last season, he was his phenomenal self yet again. 
that's what I've been struggling with, honestly. I've been trying to meditate on that and, and see the truth there because we might want to excuse his bad play because of his quad injury, yeah. but maybe the quad injury is the part of the decline, you know, just that his just body. Older. Yeah, yeah and, and he talks about how he doesn't have feeling in the fingertips of his right hand now. Uh, it, you know, the, this just could be the sign that his body can't hold up under the rigors of being an NFL quarterback anymore. The other thing that stands out to me when I'm trying to dissect this, decipher it, is that he took a pay cut. Peyton Manning took a pay cut. In, in a time when quarterbacks are getting overpaid by most estimations, uh, he gave $4 million. And $4 million, I mean, if it's a, it's a million among friends, right? $4 million? <laughs> and, and it was reported back in June by Mike Kliss, who's one of the re- most reliable Denver reporters out there, that the original offer by the team was a $10 million pay cut. Now, obviously, they had some room to go. They weren't going to stick to that. But that tells me that the Denver knows that Peyton maybe isn't going to be what he used to be. And Peyton knows. Because there was also a rumor that he put feelers out for trade talks. And if that is true, then what answers he got probably weren't the answers he was looking for. Yeah, maybe there was a lot of speculation after the season that maybe he wouldn't be back this year. So possibly uh, another another step closer to the old. Well, definitely another step closer then, but possibly that's been the last year. But he's going to need some help in certain positions, and he's lost one of his favorite red zone targets and Julius Thomas away to down to the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, tight end position. There, there's a couple. You know, it's going to be a kind of tight end com- by committee. Is that what you're still expecting, even this close to the season in Denver? Yeah. Yeah, I think that you have Owen Daniels, who's the old hand of uh, Gary Kubiak. has played his whole career with Kubiak, yeah. including last year in Baltimore. And they gave him decent money, like a three-year, $12 million deal. So that, that's, not a guy, that's not a contract you're giving to a guy that you, you just want to get one good last yeah. year out of. Uh, so uh, th- he's going to be the main receiving tight end. Virgil Green, who they re-signed, I think will be the main blocking tight end. He's a very athletic player, and if he was asked to do more as a receiver, he probably could. But James Casey figures in here, too. And James Casey is a tight end, H-back fullback. Uh, he can do a lot of different things, and he is also going to figure into this offense as a moving piece, especially around the goal line. So I do think you're going to see a tight end by committee, and each one of those guys could catch at least 20 balls this year. I think Daniels could be you know, closer to 50 or 60. Uh, they're going to figure large into the Kubiak offense. Yeah, and I was going to get into a little bit of fantasy football, but the, the sure. tight, tight end-wise there, I don't think there's anything going to be hugely fantasy relevant this season, but just uh, you know, last year's rookie class was so good this year's rookie class, I think there's a lot been expected of it. I don't think it's going to, you know, ever get to the the way last year's got. But just overall, uh, who after the the first two preseason games is there one or two that has? I know there's players who have stood out, but is there two maybe that have really really stood out for you? Well, you have to mention Amir Abdullah, yeah. and and you know, the, the situations there. Joyke Bell has still has not taken the field yet. Uh, he's got that fast track. Denver, Detroit loves to use rece- uh, running backs as receivers out of the backfield. He's got the right style. I mean, we saw Reggie Bush two years ago have a tremendous season for Detroit in that offense. And it wasn't the, quite the same offense. It was a Linehan offense. But the point is, you know, with Calvin Johnson, with Matthew Stafford, the offensive line is in as good a shape as it's been in Detroit. And, yeah, there's a lot of hype. Yeah, he's moving up fantasy draft boards. But sometimes that's because everybody realizes, hey, something really potentially great is happening here, something you want to get a part of for your fantasy team. Uh, you know, I'd say a few other players that are improving uh, their status um, – Matt Jones from Washington, their third-round running back, another rookie. Uh, he just his footwork uh, for a large back who who runs like a bull in a china shop was just 
It was trying to. I mean, in poor Washington, you know, yeah. obviously the, once the without the quarterback settled, this team's not necessarily going somewhere. But Scott McLuhan is calling some shots there now as a GM, and he hit one. Doug Martin has a lot of people really jazzed right now. And uh, on the last night. Yeah, and people want him to return. Yeah, I, I like the optimist. I like it when football fans want things to get better. You know, uh, you know, honestly, we like to, in America to cheer on. We like watching our heroes fall. Whoa, yeah. wow, do we? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like people want to believe that that Martin we saw in his rookie year uh, can come back. And, and we saw a stage of that. And just Tampa in general with Jameis Winston in, in a bit of a renaissance. Drew Brees uh, is a player that has revealed that he had an oblique injury that never really healed, a knee injury, I think like an MCL, don't quote me on that, uh, that, that was also he was also struggling with. Uh, and if you want to buy into the idea that that was really what was wrong with him, and, and again, you get into the semantics of, well, we could talk about Peyton. I mean, is that just a sign that you're getting old? You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. not, you can't just write that off. The point is you played a year of football and you couldn't stay healthy during it. That's what we should take away from that. But he looks great. Brandon Cooks looks great. We were worried about the Saints offense. Losing Jimmy Graham, losing uh, Kenny Stills, how would it look? Uh, it, it, for preseason, it looked great. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Cooks there. He looked, he looked phenomenal. He's, you know, there was a lot of hype over the over the summer about him, but really looks set to, to deliver if he can keep on this the, the kind of trajectory that he's on. Um, the, uh, the wide receiver position has kind of taken a bit of a hit. With, I mentioned Benjamin's injury and Jordy Nelson's injury, but with the, the two of them going out of that kind of I don't think Benjamin was in the real elite tier, but you know that top uh, kind of two rounds uh, mm-hmm. of picks at wide receiver. Um, do you think that maybe there's a little bit more value to taking a wide receiver there during the first round due to the the fact that the two of those have now also gone out of that gone out of that kind of market? Yeah, well, I think that what you're seeing is Randall Cobb is basically moving up into Jordy Nelson's spot. Yeah. Jordy Nelson was going in the early mid second round now randall cobb's going in that spot with expectations he'll get some more targets with nelson out uh and and the other thing is if you were picking in the middle of the first round and you were deciding between one of the top wide receivers say like antonio brown or julio jones and a running back maybe uh, cj anderson or marshawn lynch uh you felt comfortable taking the running back because someone like jordy nelson was going to be there and likely in the middle of the round uh, now, you know, it depends on how you feel about Cobb. Uh, it probably moves A.J. Green up a little bit. A.J. Green and, and Jordan Nelson were in that mini tier after the top six. You're seeing Dez, Demarius, uh, I mentioned Brown, Julio, uh, Calvin Johnson, and Odell Beckham almost always gone in the top 15 picks. But Nelson has produced on a par with most of those guys, and he was going a few picks later. So, so it gave you that luxury of taking a running back in the first round. Now you're not going to have that luxury. Uh, and, you know, as far, as far as Benjamin goes, there's just a, a tier of upside young wide receivers, guys like Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, and Jordan Matthews, uh, um, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooks, who uh, is also you know, moving up out of that tier now into the early third round. Uh, and and it just every time one of these guys goes down, you have to adjust a little bit and be more willing to take players earlier uh, than you thought you'd have to. And in general, if you like a player, you should always be willing to take them around before ADP or yeah, the yeah. conventional wisdom tells you because you just don't, don't be a slave to that. If you like the player, pay the price. Yeah, and you know a lot of people did fantasy drafts. Uh, you know a little bit earlier, a lot of people did MFL tens, but even redraft leagues. I took a dynasty league last week where it was a startup, and I took uh, Jordy Nelson in the in the second, or I think it was the second or third round. Ugh. 
that's really come back to bite me. But uh, I, I did see on Twitter somebody had posted that the, they had taken both Benjamin and Nelson in a, in a redraft league, so their season's pretty much doomed at this stage. But uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun having you on, and um, hopefully we'll be able to do it again during the season. Just for all the listeners, I'm sure they do know uh, footballguys.com and they do listen to the Audible uh, on the couch and much more. But you can follow uh, Sigmund on Twitter. It's at Sigmund Bloom and uh, his his website as well, footballguys.com, and uh, highly highly recommend that to anyone listening to the show but it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun segment thanks for coming on i look forward to the opportunity anytime you're listening to the overtime ireland podcast please follow us on twitter at overtime ireland well that was a lot of fun having segment on there thanks again to segment for coming on uh, do check as i mentioned there footballguys.com check them out on twitter at sigmund bloom and uh, I've just uh, had a, a mini kind of heart attack there as that uh, interview ended. I've had a, a great run here of having no technical issues while recording interviews, but once that one ended, it popped up on my screen that my recorder had decided uh, that it needed to shut down, that it had a, an error, and I was thinking, well, that was uh, a big waste of Sigmund's time and a, a terrible waste of my time, and I'm going to look like an idiot now when this hasn't recorded, but thankfully uh, all is ends well ends well for us here at Overtime Ireland on this one. Maybe the luck of the Irish, uh, that interview. Recorded perfectly and uh, really enjoyed having Sigmund on there. So just getting my breath back after that shock a little moment ago when I thought all was lost on that interview. But uh, moving on, we have uh, a couple other bits and pieces of news to talk about that we didn't talk about with Sigmund on. Uh, Jadavion Clowney looks set to be able to make his return to NFL regular season action in week one of this season. Uh, obviously, he had a serious knee injury last year, missed uh, basically the whole season, uh, played at the start of the year, missed a lot of the season, had microfracture surgery, and a lot of people were questioning whether with that surgery he would ever make it back to uh, 100% on the field. And it uh, looks like, watching Hard Knocks anyway, that he's got through the rehab the rehab process and looks ready to get back on the field. I'm sure it's been a tough journey for him back, like anyone coming back from injury. And uh, a couple of players have had microfracture surgery and come back and uh, have been having good runs in their career uh, since it. Uh, Travis Kelsey off the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, one of those to have it. Uh, I think it was two years ago we had it, so it is it is a difficult one to come back from. But uh, I suppose with uh, the wonders of modern medicine as it is at the moment, another player looks set to recover from that injury. And uh, hopefully, as Jadavion Clowney was being talked about last year, he can become a dominant defensive player in the league and pairing him up next to JJ Watt. Um, we all talked about it last off season about how frightening that prospect was. Well. Maybe this season we'll get to see it for slightly longer than uh, we did last season, hopefully. Speaking of the Houston Texans, uh, Brian Hoyer has been named the starting quarterback for them. Uh, Mallet, uh, Ryan Mallett didn't uh, really appreciate that news, and you know, uh, as you would expect, it looked a very even competition. And you know, usually in that case, you go with the, the younger guy, give him the opportunity. I kind of thought that uh, they were going to go maybe with Mallet, but just uh, the the veteran, uh, the more experienced guy with the more starts under his belt. The, the job has gone to Brian Hoyer and uh, it'll be interesting to see now in the, in the rest of the preseason and into the season how that continues and uh, whether Mallet gets an opportunity during the season. I'm sure Texans fans are hoping that he doesn't because if he does it'll either be an injury to Hoyer or Hoyer not playing well enough for the team. So that there's a disappointing blow for Ryan Mallet but uh, another, another starting job in the NFL for Brian Hoyer. Talked a couple of injuries there while uh, Sigmund was on and another injury is... Orlando Scandrick, cornerback of the Dallas Cowboys, out for the rest of the season. He has tore both his ACL and MCL, so uh, both knee ligaments in that one. And uh, disappointing news for the Cowboys. Uh, a lot's been thought going into this season. A lot of you know more, more, more um, 
kind of positive thoughts this season and last season in the off season. A lot of people down last season on what was going to happen with the team. A lot of positives to take going into this season. Unfortunately for them, one of their cornerbacks out for this season. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, the NFL, just part of the game really that um, somebody's usually not that far away from being injured. Sometimes it's a freak injury, just very unlucky. Well, all injuries are unlucky, but some of them, you know, it's just from the contact others like this one of Scandrick's just guy caught a ball in train and kind of fell into him rolled up on him and uh, unfortunately for him cost him his 2015 season a couple of quarterbacks talked about a quarterback news there with the Houston Texans a couple other quarterbacks getting contracts one year deals for both Michael Vick with the Pittsburgh Steelers after the unfortunate injury to Bruce Gronkowski and uh, he was put on season end and injury reserve Michael Vick has signed a one year contract with the Steelers he will back up Ben Roethlisberger was with the Jets last season, 35 years old now, and uh, I'm sure, hopefully, I mentioned, you know, the Texans not wanting to see the quarterbacks have to change during the season due to poor play, well, certainly the Steelers are hoping not to have to see Michael Vick playing this season, unless it's in relief duty after the the Steelers are blowing a team out, maybe later in the season, but uh, Michael Vick signing there, and I know a lot of fans have, uh, in Pittsburgh, have taken, you know, kind of offence to it, you know, the whole Michael Vick dogfighting situation where he was in jail then he came out he was with the Atlanta Falcons and the Philadelphia Eagles the whole situation just uh, you know was leaving a sour taste in some of the fans mouth so it'll be interesting to see how that reaction continues uh, in Pittsburgh the other one to talk about is Rex Grossman and he's away to the Atlanta Falcons he's, he's been with Kyle Shanahan basically uh, everywhere at the moment uh, he was with him at the Cleveland Browns with him then in Washington now he's with him in Atlanta he'll be there to, to help prove some depth for the team at quarterback and uh, again They'll be hoping Matt Ryan is the guy all season for them. I'm, I'm quite interested to see how the Falcons do this year. I'm really looking forward to seeing how Julio Jones does because I just think the guy's a phenomenal talent, an absolute beast, and I'm expecting a big, big year from him in 2015. Didn't really get around to talking about fantasy football rankings all that much. We did talk uh, about, you know, the elite receivers, uh, taking them a little bit earlier maybe, and, uh, you know, he, we, he said... Sigmund did say Julio Jones or Antonio Brown but I think this year that the first wide receiver coming off the board I think it should be Julio Jones all day because just expect him to have a monster season this year and a contract year as well expecting as I mentioned big big things from him it'll be interesting now with those guys going the depth not as much I would be very much from a couple of my leagues I'm picking I'm fourth in one of my money leagues and there's a couple of other leagues where I'm picking a little bit later and I think really if I'm picking anywhere from sixth onwards I'm going wide receiver first uh, any draft then that I'm going maybe before that taking uh, one of the the running backs and then going wide receiver in the second round so it's uh, it's an interesting year this um, there isn't that real consensus to the draft that there has been in many other years uh, in, in recent memory but at the same time there has been those consensus picks in recent memory and a lot of them haven't really worked out quite as well uh, we we had a, a little Doug Martin mentioned there uh, when Sigmund was on and when you're looking at Doug Martin I took him I think it was third or fourth overall two or three years ago after his rookie season and it, it didn't work out for me I took him again last season as well and uh, didn't work out all that well but I might be tempted again even at a lower ADP this year to to jump aboard the, the Doug Martin hype train or not even hype train maybe below hype train but uh, I'm hoping for a bounce back year from, from him he's a player I like I like to watch Giants fans, uh, Yusia Manura has uh, has called it a day, 33 years old, he had an opportunity to sign with a club, he didn't say who the club was, but he's turned down that opportunity, he has announced his retirement, he's going to, to work in the media, it looks like at the moment, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on in, in his new venture, but um, a very, very talented player for, for the New York Giants in their Super Bowl runs, and uh, another one of their 
recent great players calling it a day. Uh, tweeted out earlier today as well. Sky Sports uh, have got the rights. There was a kind of bit of you know not not clarity to uh, stealing one of Sigmund's words. There clarity. Um, there wasn't much clarity in the uh, situation whether Sunday night football, Monday night football uh, would be shown uh, in the UK with what distributor it had been with Channel Four and BBC and had. Uh, Eurosport had been involved and had been bouncing around for the last few years, but Sky Sports now really is uh, has all the rights to all the all the NFL action for the next two seasons. Uh, they signed a deal with the NFL, and really, if you don't have a Sky subscription package now, it's going to be very hard to watch the NFL uh, in the UK. It's really, all going to to pay uh, subscription viewing uh, distributors, but you can also get it on Game Pass. Uh, I have Game Pass, big fan of it. Uh, it's just tough for people who watch on free to air like Channel 4, uh, which is a national broadcaster, BBC and uh, Eurosport, which is free uh, on some, some subscription services. So it is, uh, it's tough for some of those guys, but I'm sure they'll be able to find a way to, to view it. Uh, wink, wink <laughs> to that. Uh, trying to stay as politically correct as I can, but uh, there will be other ways around around the services, I'm sure. A lot of fantasy football drafts coming up this week. Uh, really, this week is flooded with draft activity for myself between my leagues, Overtime Ireland leagues, and much, much more. And a lot of our Overtime Ireland redraft leagues have been drafted this week. So do uh, best of luck to anyone taking part in that there. And be sure and get ready for your draft and be there on the, on the night. And, of course, unlucky if you come second will be the, the best prize you'll probably get this season because, of course, I'm going to win all the Overtime Ireland leagues, as, uh, as I said last year and then. Failed miserably all around. We've also linked up with FanFeud. Uh, it's a Irish and a British game. Basically, you know, we all know about DraftKings, FanDuel, things like that there. Well, it's a game based on a similar kind of function as that, except rather than pick the players from the entire league, you're going to pick five players from one selected game per week. Uh, usually it will be a Sunday game, but we will be uh, providing different games from week to week. It is going to be for the NFL season. We don't have the preseason action. Uh, I know FanDuel is coming uh, likely in the new year to Britain, the UK and Ireland but uh, at the moment that option isn't there so we have FanFeud and it's at FanFeud on Twitter FanFeud.co.uk is the website and they do uh, English Premier League games as well and they are going to be doing the with the Overtime Ireland crew here they're going to be doing the NFL as well and they, they do an option you can play for free pick your five players see the points roll in and uh, just you can play for fun but you can also have the opportunity to play the cash games as well put in money into the pot uh, if you are the highest then you collect the whole pot and uh, a nice bit of cash over the over that one game it's only going to be one game you pick your five players and uh, hopefully you know more than the guys that are playing along with you it's uh, interactive it changes the scores as the game goes along so you can keep up to date with all the happenings off the game but it is a lot of fun we had a similar game with them last year but it wasn't as promoted as this one is going to be this year we didn't have the option as well for the money game so it's going to be a lot of fun i'll be taking part in it each and every week go up against me go up against dj and uh, hopefully many, many of the other Overtime Ireland listeners, followers and subscribers. And uh, should be a lot of fun as well. And I'll be mentioning it on all the upcoming shows with a little bit more information on each show. So that is at FanFeud on Twitter. Do check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun this season. So that is the end of the Overtime Ireland podcast for another week. Of course, do hit that subscribe button. Do keep spreading the word. Give us a shout out on Twitter. Let your friends know about us. Let's keep rolling this up as we get into the season. Uh, getting closer to that three and a half thousand followers on Twitter, Mark, and uh, we keep moving forward and upward, hopefully, as the season progresses. I'm, as I mentioned, getting ready to head off down under to Australia. I have another two weeks ago. Finished up work on Saturday. Was over in London over the weekend. Now time has come to really start to get everything organised as I get ready to head away. 
and uh, I'll be continuing this down under. Any of the, uh, I know we have a lot of Australian listeners. I know the Aussie Guys podcast down there. I know the Wit and Why podcast down there. And uh, we're going to be linking up and hooking up with a few of them for a few fun shows while I'm down there. So looking forward. But any of the other Australian listeners down there, I've had a few get in touch. I'm um, heading to Melbourne. That's where I'll be starting off. I've had a few of them get in touch uh, to try and get uh, meetups for a few off the NFL Sundays over there. So do get in touch. Let us know what uh, what else we could plan down there. And it's going to it's gonna be a lot of fun. So until I'm back with another show, uh, we might actually have an extra show coming out. I'm talking, supposed to be talking with Alteron Werner off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tomorrow. So I might even put that podcast out over the weekend. Let's say maybe Saturday morning. Head up another podcast for your weekend enjoyment. And uh, until then, stay tuned to that at Overtime Ireland Twitter feed. My name's Colin Kelly. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.